They surprised me with something. Let's go. From Invisible Studios, this is Facade Podcast. Whimsical cultural analysis presented in relevant, understandable ways that critique and celebrate hip-hop while discussing our place in it. I am your host, Dr. B. Hoskins. Today, we begin our episode 30 with Ether, where we discuss the mixed mastery of J. Period, dive into three random topics, full disclosure, either or, neither nor, talking about new, new music, and end with the detangle about how black lives matter. Don't forget to download this episode, subscribe, listen, and share. Let's go. Mm. Hey, man, I know you're going to pick this. That was... <laughs> Woo! Y'all see you dug into them crates. Yay! What's up, podcast fam? How y'all doing? If y'all can hear my voice, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Because we're going to get over this COVID-19. We're going to get over this racism. We're going to get over this police brutality. Mm. Blackness is not a pre-existing condition. And let me tell you, I'm here. I'm here with you. Now, I realize that in my city, they ain't getting it in, in. So I see you protesters out there in Los Angeles and Minnesota and New York and Austin and Portland and Dallas and my hometown, Oklahoma City and London and Paris and mm. I'm going to pray for all y'all. I'm going to pray for all y'all. Heavenly Father, please watch over all these civil unrest situations. Our emancipation is no longer waiting. We tired of being patient. And if you racist, we get ready to get you up out of here. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, you're going to make me cry with this right here. Mm, someday what? We're going to all be free. Woo. I know that's right. We're going to all be free someday. Like right now. Man, that was, oh, that was beautiful. Brilliant start. But this is how I would have wanted to start it, right? Now, this this just me. I heard this song. It spoke to my heart, and I said, man. If young black brothers get this mentality and they turn it on the police, it's going to be a long summer, man. How you pull up, baby? How you pull up? They're going to be pulling up with the blicky. How you pull up? Blick, 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 blick. I pull up. Self in the kitchen. Talk about it. Brand new Lamborghini, fuck a cop car. Pistol on my hip like I'm a cop. Cop, cop, cop. Ever met a real nigga rock star? Ain't no good garbage, this a clock My clock told me to promise you gon' squeeze What she say? You better let me go the day you need me Let me go, let me go let nigga get the bus uh, uh. And if I ain't enough, go get the chop uh, It's safe uh. to say I earned it, ain't a nigga gave me nothing I'm ready to hop out on a nigga, get the bus No, you heard me say you play, you late, don't make me push the butt Full of pain, dropped enough tears to fill up a fucking buck Going for buckets, I bought a chopper I got a big drum to hold a hundred Air it out on all these niggas, I can see them running. Just talk to my mom, she hit me on FaceTime just to check up on me and my brother. I'm really the baby, she know that the youngest son was always guaranteed to get the money. Okay, let's go. She know that the baby boy was always guaranteed to get the loot. She know what I do, she know if I run from a nigga, I'ma pull it out and shoot. Right, right. I'm always waking up a cold sweats like I got the flu. My daughter the G. She saw me kill a nigga in front of her before the age of two. And I'd kill another nigga too. Before I let another nigga do something to you. Right. Yeah, as you know that, don't let nobody tell you different how they love you. Nobody tell you different. So. It's been a while since I heard y'all voices, right? In the comments, inbox, people saying, hey, what's going on? What you doing, Dr. Hoskins? Big Hotch? Big homie? What you doing? Where you at? I'm like, man, this, man, this, this COVID season. So I left the studio March 24th. So last time we dropped, season two, episode 11, 
of the Facade Podcast. It was about my man Gerbo. Talked about PTSD, his music, his arc of his career, his growth. Now, you know, after that, people started dying, and I was like, I just did I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't inspired to do nothing that related to podcasting or nothing. I was too busy calling people that I loved to see if they was alive. Like, that's where I was at. And so my mind, I, you know, I wasn't happy. I won't say I was temporarily depressed. We already talked about that. But I was just sad, man. Too many people's dying. People ain't social distancing. And so I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like recording. And so I just kept watching things happen on TV. You know, we're going to talk about some other, some where we at. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But, you know, I was like, man, I, I need to feel good again. So, you know, D-Nice, <laughs> Tory Lanes, they, they got me, whoa, Tory Lanes, Quanti Radio, they got me through it, right? Got me through this COVID stupor that I was in. But, hey, one time I was listening, so you know I live on Twitter, you know, we start a show with Ether. I live on Twitter. Man, I heard, so, hey, y'all, everybody go to Twitter right now. Run to Twitter. Hold on, let me, let me type it in right now. Run to Twitter, type in J dot period. Yeah, J dot period. Mm. Now, J dot period, yeah, musical storyteller. Woo, 14,000 followers. When I tell you he is the best mix master on the air, he is that. <laughs> so, March 9th, he dropped his dedication to Biggie. Man, it inspired me to get back in the booth, right? So, I know it's June because I've been following him. He keep mix master. He did some with Lauryn Hill, did some with Outkast. Hey, you know what? Matter of fact, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful all y'all are back listening. Hey, here's a little bit of his uh, mixed masterness. Yeah, right here. March night. Once again, this is our tribute to Biggie. This is how we do it right here. This is the Jay Perry Live Mixtape Experience. Rock with me. So I had to cut through it. So he's doing it live on IG, y'all. Scratching, no errors. So when he's mixing live, ain't edited. It's just song after song after song. Now, you know I'm a hip-hop aficionado. I'm listening to 10, more than 10,000 hours of hip-hop MCs. Now, Biggie ain't in my top 10 because he don't got the body of work. Two albums does not the greatest MC make. However, he got one of the dopest flows. <laughs> Biggie flows stupid. Yeah, and it, this is a, another way that he highlights the blend of the acapella with a whole nother song that don't even go to it. Pump up the volume, pump up the volume. Oh, I think I'm a little something like this. Come on. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it. 
Sicker than your average. Pop a quick cabbage on instinct. Niggas don't think shit. Think big gators. My Detroit players. Tim's for my hooligans in Brooklyn. That's dead right. Get the head right. Biggie there. Air night. Pop a bin smooth. Six days are under rules. Never lose. Never choose to. Bruise, cruise, who? Do something to us. Talk go through us. Girls walk to us. Wanna do us. Screw us. Who us? Yeah, Papa and Pluck. Close like Starsky and Hutch. Stick to clutch. Yeah, I squeeze three at your cherry M3. Bang every MC easily. Recently, recently, niggas frontin' ain't sayin' nothing, so I just speak my peace, keep my peace, Cubans with the Jesus peace, with my peace, packin', askin' who want it, they got it, nigga flaunt it, that Brooklyn bullshit, we on it. So, let me be clear, I ain't, I ain't stand for nobody, but when Biggie said that Brooklyn bullshit, we on it, <laughs> it made me want to roll up my pant leg and be on that same old bullshit that they was on. <laughs> Yeah, but this mix here is nuts. I was a terror since the public school era. Bathroom passes, cutting classes, squishing asses. Smoking blunts was a daily routine since 13. A chubby nigga on the scene. I used to have the trade deuce and the deuce deuce in my bubble goose. Now I got the Mac in my knapsack, lounging black, smoking sacks up in hacks and sidekicks with my sidekicks, rocking fly kicks. Honey's wanna chat, but all we wanna know is where the party at. And can I bring my cat? If not, I hope I don't get shot. Better throw my vest on my chest, cause niggas is a mess. It don't take nothing but front for me to start something. Bugging and fucking at niggas like I was duck hunting. Dumbing out just me and my crew, cause all we wanna do is... He's a bad boy. This J period. Twitter at J period capital B capital K. J period dot bandcamp dot com slash music. Man. This brother here. Mm, I heard this right here. I gotta close out with this. West Coast shit. Grandma and Jay increased the dog strength. Two full fists with them arms left. With a calm breath, I say we got the flow. Throw little seeds, the keys to the boat. Tongue all down the throat. You know the routine. Got my large like Bruce Springsteen. And you mean too. My eyes green as blue. Got the coochie sweater with the bubble pool. Beautiful. That's how the night goes. Get out the tight clothes. Get in some night clothes. I invite those girls to smoke loud. Keep it real with you. Keep it real with I. Now, J. Dot, period, man. Great DJ. Got me through the COVID. Him D. Nice. Man, they, they, they helped me get there. Right, they, oh, they even did a song with a Mace, with a Maceo. Was on D Nice, De La Soul DJ. Oh, that De La Soul. Hey, as an aside, um, uh, what's the name of that album? Balloon Mind State, one of the greatest hip hop albums ever. Let's get to these topics. So as y'all know, y'all know me. I'm not, I'm not a fan of COVID, right? So I got I get parents this old er, right? And so what we're not gonna do is get COVID, be asymptomatic, take it home. And literally love to death 
Yeah, you know, you tell people I love you to death. Yeah, we're not doing that. So I tell my parents, not doing that. So, yeah, I was, I've, uh, March 24th was the last time I really moved around. Like, I've only driven my car five times since then. One time, I had to go, where? To Sam's, right? Because I didn't get them chicken thighs, grilling every Saturday, right? And so I'm in line. <laughs> and it's a lady in front of me, right? And she got a uh, baby cart. <laughs> so she walking. She got her baby cart. And then she, you know, you know, in uh, Sam's, they hand, you got to hand them the receipt. So once you hand them the receipt, then they be like, hey, um, yeah, they check your receipt. They look in your bags and then they, uh, your cart, and then they let you go, right? So anyway, we, we got, she said, the lady says, oh, I got twins. That's a nice cart. Now, now this baby cart is like one of them luxury. It got drapes. They're like a Maybach. <laughs> Look like a, a baby Maybach uh, thing. And so she says, yeah, oh, that's nice. I got one that's similar. Oh, you got boy, boys or girls? And the lady's like, uh, girls? I got girls. And then there's like, oh, she's like, oh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see a baby. <laughs> and the lady's like, well, you know, they sleep and I don't want to really, I don't want to wake them. She's like, this cannot peek. Let me see. Let me peek. <laughs> One thing I love about white women is they going to reach for your kid without asking permission. <laughs> so she reaches into the Maybach, like into the drapes and sees that it ain't no baby in the, <laughs> in the Maybach baby seat, right? So then she's like, oh, so you don't have no baby in there? Man. Security. <laughs> This lady had canned goods on canned goods on canned goods in the bottom underneath the uh, the baby Maybach seat. <laughs> they escorted her to the back. They probably put them things on. If it, if it was police back there, they put them things on her. <laughs> but I was mad. I was like, wow, you going to jail for canned food goods? I, I'd have gave her $20. And she would have said, hey, um, excuse me, um, I'm... I'm behind. I'm just behind it of this COVID. And can you just can you pay for my canned goods? It's like twenty dollars. I would have did it. I, man, I come on now. I'm angry because of COVID because I'm locked in. But I would have did it. I, I, I yeah, I, I would have folded a twenty for real. That's the Harriet Tubman joint. I'd have folded a twenty just to emancipate her from being not going to jail. <laughs> I think I think I would have slapped it to her because I know they took it in the back and slapped it to her. And I was like, hey, um. What what they gonna do to her? She was like, yeah, she's probably gonna get arrested. <laughs> so then I hit her with I hit her with the gift question. I said, well, you know, she wouldn't be getting arrested if you wouldn't ask her to see the baby. Mind it, yo. Um, she said, well, I know. I just I love kids. Let me see your receipt. <laughs> and that was the end of that, man. Next topic. So three days ago. I woke up to a cell phone with a blacked out screen, right? And so I realized, like, my cell phone is like my tool. It's like my weapon. Like, I got to have it. And so I knew I was going to get it fixed. So I drove to four different locations in my city to find out. They closed them all except for the one at the mall. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go get my phone fixed. So I took my phone there to get it fixed. Now, normally, so never go to the dude at the kiosk to replace your screen for $100 because it voids uh, the contract on your phone, your warranty, voids it. So, took my phone in to Verizon, 
Yeah, that's me with all the people behind me protesting. <laughs> so now the Verizon Desperado scene look a little different with him standing there with the glasses before he went to sprint and everybody's behind him. Yeah, that's I, that's how I felt. I felt empowered to go to the Verizon store. So I go into the Verizon store and I'm like, hey, I need to get my phone fixed. And they were like, oh, what's wrong with it? I'm like, I got the phone blacked out, you know, and I got, I got a very specific assignment that I have to do as part of my job. And they were like, oh, what, what's part of your job? <laughs> so I got to my freestyle bag. I was like, well, you know, I'm a concerned citizen, and I got to get prepared for National Call Day. And they were like, well, what's, what's my National Call Day? I was like, well, you know, black, black people's futures is uncertain. So, you know, we got uncertain futures. So I'm like, hey, National Call Day is where we spend a whole day calling 911 on white people. <laughs> About app. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> so this this is how this is how my call would go if I call. Yeah, like if I call this this is how it would sound if I did it. Nine one one. What is your emergency? Hey, it's a suspicious looking white lady out here, and she got her kids. They don't got no shoes on their feet. Their feet is black. Okay. What is the child's name and age? Uh, I, I don't know. Their names are age. Yeah, but they look like okay. they, they, they are bad. They still misbehaving? Oh, they hella misbehaving. They cussing their mama out right now. You need to. I yeah. see. Mm -hmm. Since they're still being naughty, uh -huh. I'll send the police to your home immediately. Wait, no, no, it ain't you no white. No, wait, it's no white kids in my house. They, yeah, they if not. they're still being naughty uh, when the police arrive, uh -huh. they'll arrest them and take them to the children's prison for questioning. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, that's how my nine one one call was sound. Something like that. I'm finna call on some white people just being suspicious. Yeah, if you got a polka dot shirt on with stripes, shorts, I'm calling the police on you. Yeah, you shouldn't, don't do that. If I pull up next to you and you got the window down and you playing threatening classical music, <laughs> I'm calling the police on you because you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. Matter of fact, if I roll up on you, yeah, and you playing hip-hop music, I'm definitely calling. Yeah, I'm offended that you playing hip-hop music extra loud, saying all the words. Mm-hmm. I done seen y'all say all the words, and when you looked over and seen me, you stopped saying them immediately. I've been there and done that. Yeah, so that's, that's what I want to do. I want to encourage every black person. Let's pick a day. Let's do it on a uh, Saturday. Hold on. Let me, yeah, let me get my phone. So if you done heard this by now, today's the 6th. So by next Saturday? No, Juneteenth. <laughs> so Juneteenth is coming up. June 19th. Everybody black. If you can hear my voice. Yeah. Oh, so people of color and white allies. You call on other white people if you want to. This is going to be the National Call Day. Juneteenth. That's what I want it to be. National Call Day. Call the police if you see suspicious acting white people. Because <laughs> I, I always wonder what, it, what suspicious looks like. What do a suspicious black person look like? What do I look like when I'm suspicious? Am I reading? I'm in Starbucks with my computer. Yeah, got to be something, putting gas in my car. Yeah, so <laughs> so let's do that. National Call Day, Juneteenth. If you're part of the Facade Podcast family, call me. See if you can record it. Call me, and we're going to get all these Amy Coopers up out of here. Next topic. Now, I, like a lot of people, watched the Last Dance series with Michael Jordan. And so what I didn't realize is how many men fond, they just want to fondle Michael Jordan. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're fond of Michael Jordan. Like, I, I, I ain't a, no man is my hero, right, other than my pops. But there's some people I like. You know, I revere, 
but I don't want to find them. I'm not fond of no man, right? And so I was thinking to myself, as I was sitting here, I appreciated it. A lot of men was complaining about what he said because he made it all about himself and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, well, that's his story. One thing I learned about his story is that Michael Jordan never really cared about black people. <laughs> and it's sad. In the public sphere, allegedly, he never really cared, right? And so as, I, as I'm talking to my colleagues and friends about what's going on in the world and why are these series of murders, right? So happy belated birthday to Breonna Taylor. These series of murders, uh, rest in peace, yeah, to um, George Floyd, right? That when this happened, what makes this response different than the other one? And then it came to me. <laughs> After I read this, I realized that it was extra bad. The Jordan brand is us, the black community. Jordan brand is more than one man. It has always been a family. We represent a proud family that has overcome obstacles, fought against discrimination in communities worldwide and that works every day to erase the stain of racism and the damage of injustice. It's 2020, and our family now includes anyone who aspires to our way of life. Yet, as much as things have changed, the worst remains the same. Black lives matter. This is not a controversial statement until the ingrained racism that allows our country's institutions to fail is completely eradicated. We will remain committed to protecting and improving the lives of black people. Today, we are announcing that Michael Jordan and Jordan Brand will be donating $100 million over the next 10 years to organizations dedicated to ensuring the racial equality, social justice, and greater access to education. When I read that, I said, yeah, it's bad out here in these streets. Michael Jordan cares now. <laughs> That's how bad you know it is. In the last dance doc, they said that Michael Jordan gets annually a $100 million royalty from Nike for his shoes. So that means over the 10 years that he's going to dedicate $100 million, he will have made a billion dollars. <laughs> now, him giving $10 million is way, $100 million, way more. I don't got $100 million. But I've just, I realized that because Michael Jordan, because Michael Jordan is concerned about black people, Michael Jordan is publicly announcing that Black Lives Matter, Michael Jordan, Jordan, who didn't come out and support Kaepernick, he thinks it's bad. Oh, Jesus. The notorious just. <laughs> Situations are extra bad, man. <laughs> All right, we're going to get into the next topic, full disclosure. This is the part of the podcast where it's raw and uncut, please cover your ears because we's about to get all the way ignorant. <laughs> In this section, full disclosure. I know there's not much that I can say that would make things any better right now. Nothing at all. But I just want you to see in my eyes how sorry I am. No, you're not the sorry. The promise that I made yesterday. Yeah. I know that it hurt many people. No. Especially friends, teammates, former teammates. Former teammates. Loved ones, people that I <laughs> care and, and respect deeply. Yeah, he, do, he doesn't. That was never my intention. It was. I wish I would have laid out what was on my heart. You did. In regards to the George Floyd murder. Oh, you did. Ahmaud Arbery. You don't care. The years and years oh, man, of social years. injustice. Years and years. Police brutality. 400 plus. And yeah. the need for so much 
reform and change. So much. In regards to legislation and so many other things. Less racist cops. To bring equality to our black communities. Oh, let's do it. Financial. I am sorry. No. And I will do better. Will you? And I will be part of the solution. You won't. And I am your ally. Are you? And I know no words will do that justice. They won't do it justice, Drew. They won't. Cats out of the bag. So here's the thing about apologies. So for me, I always tell people, I hate apologies, right? I don't care about your apologies. That's the day. I don't care about your apologies, right? Even though my last birthday, all I wanted was apologies. And I got a few, gave some people some closure. Yeah, they made some mistakes. They'll never make those mistakes again, right? And so, Drew, here's the deal. When you say what you mean, don't apologize after that. Yeah, nobody respects a liar. Nobody. You meant what you said. You basically said black lives don't matter. You don't care. Because all you care about is the flag. And your grandparents and your and your daddy kneeling. Uh, not kneeling, sorry. Fighting for the flag. Black. Like every other black veteran that fought for the flag in World War II and my Uncle Freddie in Vietnam. Like, yeah. Yeah, your ancestors ain't the only ones that fought and died. But yeah, you double back. And what I interpreted as you saying, man... I can't fumble this bag, y'all. <laughs> I need to get this money. I need to get this money. <laughs> Remind me of the scene to set it off. <laughs> I'm stony. I need to get this money. Yeah, that was you, Drew. Don't apologize. You meant that. Don't walk it back. I don't, I don't respect the walker backer. If I say something, I meant it. I'm not apologizing for what I said. Now, if I did something to somebody, right, and they interpreted it as offensive, then, hey, I could apologize for that. But what I said, nah. <laughs> Never apologize. Own that. Own it. It's your last year in the league. I, here's my prediction. Drew Brees going to lead the league in getting sacked. Because <laughs> let me tell you, if I was an offensive lineman, 100%. I'm stepping we go, it's to the right, I'm stepping left. Yeah, on that black blind, blind side, yeah. You're going to be taking them hits extra hard because you don't care. And I hear I hear black people saying, yeah, Drew Brees is great. You know, he's a great guy. And that's the thing about apology culture. Yeah, apology culture, I hate it. I absolutely hate it because it's just, oh, man. Here, here's the deal. I work with a lot of people, right? A lot of white people, a lot of people of color. If you say or do something ignorant, I'm not going to be on TV saying, yeah, I know, uh, hey, Mortimer's a good guy. Yeah, I went, I've been in his house a couple times. Yeah, we, we, went, on, we went to Trinidad Tobago for uh, spring break together. He's a great guy when he doesn't have liquor in his system. <laughs> yeah, I'm not backing you up. I'm not standing up for you. Yeah, you dropped the ball. Excuse the pun, but you dropped the ball like you did last year. When y'all get put out by the saints. Yeah, that's, that's what happened because you fumbled. And you fumbled again. And then they came to your rescue. I can't come to your rescue. It's going to be year four for me. Boycott NFL. I hope the saints go on 16. Yeah, and Drew Brees, I hope you get sacked 100 times. Yeah, and throw 50 picks. I want you to beat Jameis throwing picks. That's why they got Jameis. They get ready to get rid of you. But yeah, don't apology culture. When you say something, you mean it. Stand by your word. Mean what you say and say what you mean. 
do that dance. I respect, I, I will applaud the person that says, yeah, I don't care about Black Lives Mattering. Because then that lets me know exactly how to treat you. Yeah, it lets me know how to tweet you. So I can put it out there so everybody black on earth can know you don't care about us. And when we see you in public, you don't got no offensive lineman in front of you. <laughs> you might very well need some. Yeah. So apology culture. That's, that's my full disclosure. A lot of people know me. Now, I've always said, you know, I got an engineer mentality, civil engineer. So I burn bridges for a living because I don't care about once you cross the line, I don't care about your friendship. I don't care how long we've been cool. You cross the line. Oh, uh, yeah. And that was before this now. So, you know, I, 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 talk, I text a lot of white people. Hey, do what you say. You say you love Jesus and you live in a righteous life and everybody, all souls, we all got souls. Do what you say. That's it. Call out, when it's all white people in the room, call out the racism. When it's no white people in the room, call out the racism. Like if you, everybody knows now, ain't no excuses. Everybody's in. We all in together. All in together now. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that, that's my that's my foreclosure. Yeah, full disclosure, sorry. Yeah, you done foreclosed on your cultural capital that you had with uh, black people, Drew. <laughs> they finna get you up out of here. It's all good, though. Yeah, you, hey, you fought the good fight. It ain't about, we don't care about how many checks you wrote to the black community. People didn't stop saying that. You can write a, a $900 billion check. Yeah, that don't matter. We're not talking about kneeling or flags. We're talking about black people. That's what we're talking about. I don't want to hear nothing else. And, and all this, um, and, and brown folks too, I don't want to hear that neither. We're not talking about y'all. We're talking about us. Yeah, so don't, if you get offended by hearing this, don't co-opt. Support. Support. Like when I cut on the TV, everybody's there. Old people, young people, black people, white people. Uh, they all out there. Every generation, transgenerationally, uh, poor people, uh, rich, uh, wealthy, well, I ain't seen it. Well, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all seen some black athletes, black, black athletes out there. Yeah, so everybody, this is everybody is walking for black lives, and I appreciate that. One hunter. So, yeah, Drew Brees, apology culture, it's a wrap. I don't care about cancel culture because, again, my main mantra is this. It's not what you did or what you said. It's why you felt you could. Nobody asked him that question. That's the question I'm asking. It ain't what you did or what you said. That's why you felt you could. Because we're going to talk about what you felt you could. Yeah. And if you can't come up with the right answer, I got white privilege. Yeah, because I'm elitist. Because I really don't care. About, all I care about is the flag. I don't care about black lives. Just say that. And then we know who you are, and we know how to treat you when we see you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's uh, my full disclosure about apology culture, which I absolutely think is Total ass whackwoods. Yeah. Either or, neither nor. You know, I've scripted out what it would be like if I was killed, you know, for being black. Like, I've scripted it out. Like, I know how it would be. You know, this seat, this square on this show would be black. You know, you guys would be talking about uh, maybe some jokes or fun times we had. You know, you guys would be talking about what it's like to miss me. My mom would have to be out in the world um, living, you know, without me. Um, coworkers would speak kindly of me. My social media post, the last post would be a, a, a four square of us promoting this show. And I'd, I'd be a hashtag. And, you know, the world would move on. So when I heard that, so State of the Culture is a show I've been following for a minute. 
for a minute. It's like they like the um, Tribe Called Quest of cultural punditry, right? So it's Joe, it's Remy, it's Ebony, and it's uh, Jinx. And so Jinx, what I love about Jinx is he always, he, he's, a, he's a deep thinker. And he always brings in a perspective that is, um, that sticks with me. He says a lot of things that stay with me. And when he said that, I was like, man, I never really thought about how people would respond if I was a hashtag, right? And so why, because this is, this is an either, not a neither, right? It's the either because he's thoughtful about who he is and what he represents, right? And, of course, his friends would talk about him being gone because my friends would talk about me being gone, the things that we did, why we loved each other, and all that's good, right? But how to, achieving immortality is, you know, spiritually, regardless of what your religious beliefs are, you know, if you're not atheist or agnostic, right, you believe you're going to have a spiritual afterlife, whether it's, a, you know, <laughs> heaven or hell, right? And so I just think that, um, man, yeah, it, it got to me just about how we can just be gone. We all one traffic stop away from being a hashtag. Like that's, that's my greatest fear, but I identify with it. So it wasn't, it wasn't sad that he said it because I had already contemplated it, but it's just I'm glad that he has the, the, the foresight. Like I, I think a lot when I was younger, the 20-year-old me, man, I didn't care about the 40-year-old me. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to live to be 40, right? But now I'm reflecting back on it. I'm like, man, this is... It's a different thing. It's a different situation, different time. And so, yeah, that, uh, that was State of the Culture, uh, season two, episode 22. But yeah, just hearing Jinx reflect on his life and his mom being out there without him to protect her, man, like that's, that's some strong contemplation, man. And so, yeah, that was my, that's my either, right? That's my either because it, he's mindful that his black life matters, right? And, and because it, it matters to him, but it matters to me, too, and I don't think this just because you have a hashtag that you're just gonna be you're gonna be gone, right? And forgotten and the world keeps going on. Cause we're gonna forget, we're gonna remember you, brother. Brother Jinx, we're gonna remember you. We're gonna remember all of y'all. We're gonna remember each other. So even though we're in the afterlife of slavery and we never got a chance to memorialize our ancestors properly, yeah. Today, starting now, yeah, we're gonna memorialize properly. For sure. Yeah, and that was my either. This is my or about um George Floyd's justice, right? And so I had the opportunity to watch a part of the uh, memorial service, and his brother said some things that, you know, touched my heart. We, we've, been through, we've been through a lot as black people this last 10 days. And so this, this is something that should, you know, make your heart smile a little bit. My name is Polonis Floyd, brother George Floyd. Well, we come up together... We didn't have much. Our mom did what she could. We would uh, sleep in the same beds, play video games together, go outside and, you know, play catch with the football. And I used to say to myself, like, man, you can't throw. You can't throw at all. You know what I mean? Because the ball never came to me. <laughs> and uh, years down the line, because I was catching with one hand, two hands. Any way you threw it, I started being able to catch it. He said, I can throw, but I just wanted you to go get the ball. <laughs> the ball don't need to come to you. You need to go get the ball. But, you know, my brother, we did a lot of things together. From, like, talking with my mom, dancing with my mom, cooking with our mom, brothers and sisters. Uh, man, so much. 
we made banana mayonnaise sandwiches together, you know. It was, it was a family thing, you know. Uh, every day, we know when we come in the house, our mom was going to have a huge plate of food separate from each other, and we would sit there and argue with each other who plate it was, and I'm like in like 10 or 11, I'm talking about the plate with six pieces of chicken is mine, and he way bigger than me. You know what I mean? He's huge. <laughs> Banana? Mayonnaise sandwich? <laughs> Banana mayonnaise sandwich. Come on, man. Now, now, I know that I do my grilled cheese sandwich with cinnamon, which is scrumptious. Banana mayonnaise? <laughs> man, that's nuts. And so this, this is my, this is my ore because I, as I, memorial services out of times when people share the memories that you didn't experience with the person that most impacted their life to bring fullness to the narrative of the person who was deceased, right? And so I love hearing about the revering of the living prior to the transitioning into the dead, right? And so it, it, was, it was interesting to hear the stories because you know how the media do. They'd be like, yeah, when he, was, when he was seven years old, he thought about, you know, having some weed. <laughs> which is translation, da, da, da. So he deserved to die, right? So they, posthumously, they going to kill us again as black people. They going to kill our character, right? And so this was, this was, this was a happy time. Like, Pete, whenever you reminisce, when they reminisce over you, my God, that's a happy time, right? So people should be smiling. It's got me to thinking about just what, what justice going to look like in Minneapolis, right? What, what, Breonna Taylor justice going to look like. Yeah, right? Ahmaud Arbery, what that justice going to look like? Right? I think about that because I'm thinking, okay, they arrested four police officers in Minnesota. Only one of them had the knee on the neck. So he probably going to get 10 months. Yeah. Over, here's the over-under. He going to get less than 10 years. So when uh, Gene Botham got killed, the white female cop, they, she got 10 years. He going to get less than 10 years. The person who was standing up watching, he not going to get nothing. He going to get time served. And the two people that was holding him down, because I already talking about it, it was his fourth day on the job. It was his first time being out. He only been there 30 days his first time. Yeah, they finna excuse all that away. They was following orders. So they going to get time served, right? And then we're going to really see what this, who about that life. We're going to really see. If you think the city was burning, you think these cities was burning nationwide before the arrest? Yeah. It's going to, when three cops get off, two for time served, and one was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, and one gets six years? Yeah, it's going to be. This is my prediction. Nostradamus, Oracle, and I'm Oracle right here. I'm not in Oracle, but I'm Oracle again. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. The city's going to be, whoo, and this is something else, protesters. I'm not being critical of the struggle. I appreciate the protest. Dress for it. Flip-flops, tank tops, yeah, goggles and masks, dickies and chucks, all black. That should be the uniform, right? I see people, yeah, when they throw the tear gas, if you got goggles on, yeah, it's probably, it won't burn your eyes out. You know, but, I'm not, again, I'm not critiquing, 
I'm just saying, be careful. So expect engagement. The police come dressed in riot gear because they're expecting to put them things on you. You should come dressed to have to get on your knees in the street, which is Dickies. Dickies, Dickies is for any, any type of weather. Dickies. And so, yeah, this is the justice. I wonder what the justice is going to look like for him. But again, I love the, the memorializing of him because it was, man, it's just, it just a brutal, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So that's my either or. Yeah, but now my neither nor. It has been a difficult time for our country. Yeah. In like, particular, black people in our country. Right, for us. Mm-hmm. First, my condolences to the families of George Floyd, right. Breonna Taylor, right. Ahmaud Arbery, right. and all the families who have endured police brutality. That's all of us almost. We, the National Football League, condemn racism now and the do. systematic oppression of black people. Mm-hmm. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier Cabernet. and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. So we can boycott you. We, the National Football League, believe black lives matter. You don't. You don't. Not at all. I personally protest with you Whoa. and want to be part of the much-needed change in this country. Then cut the check in our cabinet. Without black players, there would be no National Football League. Did you hear that? Interest convergence. And the protests around the country are emblematic of the centuries of silence, inequality, and oppression of black players, coaches, fans, and staff. For centuries? We are listening. Hold us football. I am listening. Are you? And I will be reaching out to players who have raised their voices. Oh and others on how we can improve and go forward for a better and more united NFL family. So, Roger Goodell is the biggest phony in the history of NFL commissioners. <laughs> I remember. So, Colin Kaepernick, I boycotted in 2016. So, I went to the, I was fortunate enough, me and my line brothers, we went to watch New England come back after down 28-3, to in the Super Bowl in Houston, Texas. Oh, it was a great weekend. Played golf, did all that. Perfect time. Colin Kaepernick kneels. 2016, I think. Yeah, because that's when I start boycotting. This is the fourth year I'm finna be boycotting. Roger Goodell was as arrogant as they come. Right? So we know you got uh, we know we know there are 10 NFL owners that support Trump. In broad daylight, right? Jerry Jones told his players, you kneel, you out of here. Rock, uh, Kraft, you know, so people, just because he helped Meek Mill, people will be like, yeah, well, he supported me. He listen to hip-hop, so yes, yeah, all good. Tom Brady had the mega hat on in the locker room. So we know what it is, right? They were so arrogant. Mm. So, I, so what I don't do is um, not have a firm generational memory, transgenerational memory, because I told my kids about it. They're going to tell their kids about it. Like, Kaepernick going to achieve all these status in 50 years, right? How many of you, be honest, would have sacrificed your whole career, your whole paycheck to stand up and say, Black Lives Matter, police brutality is terrible, and we're not tolerating it? Now, I get it. Y'all, I'm a professor. So, I get to say that type of thing. At work, it's expected of me, right? I'm a critical race pedagogue, right? And so, probably the only one in the building. In my college of it. And so it's expected of me to do those things, to speak those ways, right? But I don't work at Wells Fargo, right? You know, I don't work at uh, Brahms Ice Cream, right? I don't work for Louis Vuitton. 
So Kaepernick mortgaged his future. He will never play in the NFL again. Nostradamus moment. After all this hula he's not going to get picked up by an NFL team. Remember me telling you that. Right, you heard it first here. Hot take. Heard it first here. And so he sacrificed his career, right? And so now the, most thing, the thing that resonated with me the most about Roger Goodell's statement was, without black football players, there is no NFL. He, that, that is so clear. He realizes, I'm going to be unemployed if these black players strike. <laughs> That's all he cares about. I'm going to be unemployed if these black football players strike. We got all these contracts we, we do with uh, advertisers, with uh, ESPN. We're going to be showing them globally streaming rights. We're going to miss billions of dollars if we don't have an NFL football season. So even though we got COVID, so this is uh, COVID is hovering over all of this. I hope the black players have the courage to strike. I don't think not one of them does, but I hope they have the courage to strike and say, we're not going to play this season because black lives matter. And you just now getting on board. And the only reason why you care about getting on board is because you know, you're going to be unemployed. Excuse the rhyme. <laughs> Jay period got my, he got my soul stirring. I want to rhyme now. Yeah. So to um, Roger Goodell, stop begging again. Don't get on board afterwards, right? It's, it's four black coaches in the NFL, three black coaches, head coaches. I don't, and I don't think there's any black owners in the NFL. GMs might be like seven or ten. I think it's like seven GMs or whatever. Come on, man. You don't care. You never cared about black lives. You never cared about social justice. You facilitated the blackballing of Colin Kaepernick. And he never got to play. Malcolm Jenkins barely got back in the league. Yeah, so you don't care. You you Trump 2.0, and we get it. Because when Trump spoke in 2016, you was right there with him. And so, yeah, that's 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 my neither. Roger Goodell, yeah. We, we don't want you to get on board now. You should have been and got on board. But this my nor. If you got a Netflix account, Lord, John Henry. Good evening. We're doing a sweep of the neighborhood for some kids involved in a nearby gang shooting. We had to come inside and take a look around. Probably illegals. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm seeing no kids. Stay safe. Are you hungry? I think it'd be safer if you both stay here for a while. Trust me, I'm not a killer. I'm John Henry. You don't gotta worry about John. When he was young, he shot the devil. We family, John. We got the same blood coursing through our veins. Heavy lies the crown. Watch how I keep it. The man woke up superhuman. Not anymore. So, let me give you some historic context. The story of John Henry, right, is one of a man of African descent who was a, they were building railroads, right? So this is trans, transcontinental railroad getting built. 
John Henry is a person that well, they were trying to make way, right, for digging holes so they could put explosives in to make the railway, right? And so John Henry was the strongest brother around. He could do it faster than anybody else. So they built this steam propulsion system that could dig holes too. And they were like, yo, John Henry, I bet you can't beat this steel propulsion system, right? And so they did a race. And, of course, the brother John Henry was stronger, was faster, and he won. He beat the modern-day technology. And at the end of the race, in celebrating his victory, he had a heart attack and died, right? So that's the historic context. So avoid the John Henryisms, right? Don't work yourself to death. That, that's, that's the moral of the story. Don't work yourself to death to beat the technology. But this, Netflix, oh, my God. Ludacris is the main villain. He got a steel jaw, <laughs> which is terribly placed on his face. <laughs> and Terry Crews, he's the protagonist. He's the gentle giant that's protecting the hood from criminality. There's some, some twins that are, well, sister and brother, they're Latinx, and they, the sister hides, after this gang thing, people get killed, and they dare the suspects, even though they didn't do it, and yeah. He protects them throughout. I don't want to give it away. You can, if you just, if you got two hours and 30 seconds to waste, <laughs> go ahead and do it. Escapism is perfect, because you ain't going to think of nothing. But how did how the hell did this whack ass movie <laughs> get greenlit? <laughs> and hey, I support black excellence and Black Lives Matter. Trust me, black film might not matter as much because <laughs> oh man, <laughs> this was terrible. It was so terrible. <laughs> the actor was so terrible. But they, I don't want to give you away the plot twist. I don't want to give away the plot twist. But yeah, it was a. Uh, Seven minutes in. It, 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 so my worst movie ever was How, Howard the Duck. So I don't know if y'all seen Howard the Duck. Yeah. Or Soul Brother. Oh, man. Or Soul Plane. Woo! I done seen some terrible movies. But yeah, that movie. Oh, John Henry, man. And Netflix got me through COVID. Through this, you know, closing of, reopening, all that time. I, I watched a gang of stuff. A gang of stuff, right? And so that, I'm, I'm a continuing person. I know that when stuff is is ass on one end, it's brains on the other end, right? Well, I guess that's a bad example because there's some people that got ass, but they and they, and they got brains. There's some people that got brains and got no kind of ass. But anyway, yeah. So that, that brings me to the number one show I watched on Netflix. So if you got your Netflix account, let me tell you, Black AF is the show. Hey guys. KB, what's up, dog? Thank you guys for hopping on this call. I think we have to be able to talk honestly if we want our art to progress. What do you think about my show, Blackish? Uh, it's fine. Uh huh. Blackish seems to tap into the hearts and minds of 55 year old white women. Guess there was no ride along, too. Oh. Whoa, is that what we're doing now? Dude, you literally say no to nothing. I probably would have said no to night school. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, night school made $100 million, so you'd have been saying no to that, sir. So I'm making this documentary about my family, and they kind of stick out. Just keep this long and loose. I want you to catch everything. There's a lot of us, and these are our parents. Let's go. It's just a baby, mommy. You're such a bad mom. Uh, whatever question you ask, the answer is because of slavery. It's my North Star. The chains, the cars. I begged him not to get it. Begged him. She said she begged me? 
Now, I swear to God, if you don't buy this shit, I will go somebody with this exact same car. That's how I felt. When you were mixed mother, you were constantly tested on your blackness. Name the Fab Five. Name the Jackson Five. Name all the members of the Wayans family. Do you know? No. Mom, come on. You're the whitest person I know. Hey, at least if you're going to shoot a gun, shoot it like that. Have you ever seen Boys in the Hood? Let's go. I mean, we might argue. Great earrings. What are those, door knockers? Amongst ourselves. Remind me to change my will. But if you come for our family. Hi, babe. Look at that hair, purple. You're gonna get that smoke. So hip-hop, girl. Liddy. Liddy. You don't want that smoke. Anyway, what were you saying about your tiny house with no electricity? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, uh, my bad. I got ahead of myself. This is my favorite segment. What we not gonna do. Yes. It's trash black AF. Spell hashtag lowercase b l a c k uppercase a f. Now, I, I fin I finna make a brash distinction. If you ain't never had money, black a f ain't gonna be funny to you. <laughs> Telling you now, it ain't gonna be funny to you at all. Now, there's a negative correlation between you not having money and liking. Blackest, sorry, Black AF. This is the best black comedy show on Netflix. 100%. I stand by it. It was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> to me, it was hilarious. So they got this one scene. I'm going to give you a couple examples. So this, the premise of the show, this is this spoiler? Is this a spoiler? It's not? Okay. The premise of the show is this. His daughter which is his second oldest daughter. She's getting ready to go to UCLA, USC Film School, and she's filming a documentary about their family and about how their multiracial family comes together. So Kenya Burris is, he's acting as himself. Everybody else in the show, they're actors, right? And so Rashida Jones is, um, um, what is it, her father's name? Chrissy Jones' daughter. So she's biracial. So this, this is caveat. I didn't know she was black. <laughs> I didn't know Rashida Jones was black until the show came out. Because I was like, what? Why does, I had never even heard of her. That's my bad. I ain't even heard of her. I don't know about everything black. I don't know everybody that is black. And so I was like, oh, man. Uh, I read all the criticism. She's a light-skinned black woman. Okay. Yeah, his wife is biracial. King's wife in real life, who they're going through a divorce now. But his wife in real life, yeah. They going, she's biracial. So it makes sense that the actress is biracial, right? And so their kids are different hues, right? So the dark, the two oldest daughters are darker, and the baby son is dark-skinned. But then the um, his uh, daughter, that's the third oldest daughter, and his two sons, they light-skinned. So it makes sense. That's Hey, it makes sense that they got their breakdown. But people killed it. How could you kill this show? You're a hater, brokey. <laughs> Come on, y'all. You broke morally, not financially. Broke morally. If you don't like this show, it's hilarious. Oh, so they give you, there's an example. So one time, the older daughter who's in college and the younger daughter are talking to the two boys, the youngest, not the youngest two boys, but the, young, the second youngest and the third youngest. And they're talking about a time before they had maids. 
and somebody and a nanny. And the, the youngest ones are like, there was a time when we didn't have maids and a nanny. <laughs> so that so before he popped off as a writer with Blackish, right? So I didn't know that he was a uh, Tyra Banks, uh, America's Top Model. He that was him. I didn't know that. So it was him and Tyra Banks. So that's how he got his money. So I seen the interview with him, and he said, uh, once America's uh, Next Top Model popped off, the phone started ringing different. He said that them offers was different. And he said he got money so he could turn down money. Mm, I can't wait till the Facade Podcast blow, and I can be in that space. But I was like, mm, that makes complete sense. Right? So his wife was a lawyer, is a lawyer, and she worked for them to get for his pen to pick up. So once his pen picked up, she put the lawyer down, so he, so his money floated the family. And they talk about that tension, right, about who's the mama. It is, so it's just one scene where the kids, the, the young, the middle daughter is talking to the mom. The mom's like, yeah, so you want to be a boss like your mom. And the daughter's like, boss like my mom? You ain't got a job. You ain't a boss of nothing. So it's just it's just hilarious to me because it, it's a it's a glimpse on how people with money raise children, and so I think that I've heard people connect uh, physical whoopings of black children to slavery, right? And so I remember when uh oh what's the brother from Oklahoma the running back AD whooped his son had the marks on him and it was America had a discussion about it about whooping the whoopings of black children. We had a discussion about it, about how abusive it is and how it was tied to slavery. Now, in his house, his kids never get whooped. Kenyatta Burris in Black AF. They just get talked to. <laughs> they get a stern talking to, right? And they have to critically think about how to solve their problems and how to do their homework. I mean, I mean it's just, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And so I love I loved the show. So what we're not going to do is trash it. And one thing it made me do is want to get a chain. And I apologize, cause when I, I had a chain and a bracelet, and I sold it to my cousin Junior, so I never, I never, but I never had that one chain and bracelet. So I was looking, I was like, I gotta get a chain. I can't buy a chain from a kiosk and a bracelet. Yeah, we're not gonna do that. I can't do that. So I was looking. I didn't know Louis Vuitton sold chains. Yes. So yes, the soapy necklace and bracelet set, which is out of stock and not available anywhere on the planet. So whenever they restock, I'm buying for sure. Change, change my gift set. As a professor, I get some every year to celebrate the fact that I made it to the next year. I had six publications accepted in 2019. Mm, yeah, I know. Big dog, boss writer. So when I get tenure, and I'm going to get tenure, yeah. I claim it in the name of Jesus. I claim it, yeah. When I get tenure, mm, I, need, I need a gift. I bought my Rolex when I graduated from PhD. Time for me to get another gift. Guess what? Soapy necklace and bracelet. Louis Vuitton. Yeah, because of slavery. <laughs> and when you watch, when you watch that show, you gonna know why because of slavery is funny and why I'm laughing about it now. So yeah, that's the end of uh, what we not gonna do. Cause here's the thing in the clip that I played. So it was a, uh, it was a uh, Ava DuVernay. It was a uh, uh, Issa. Ray, it was he was on a conference call with, with five with six black people that make films, right? And so I was like, man, uh, it was just they were his whole thing about another thing is there's a show that a movie that comes out that he don't like, 
and he's going through with his daughter and with his people, his peers. He's like, yeah, I, should we should we support it just because it's black? But it, or if it's trash, should we not support it? And he was getting kicked back because people was like, uh, yeah, you should support it because it's black. So I, <laughs> I won't tell you what he ended up doing. But one thing that, that caught my mind was this. He was coming out of this luxury hotel with his wife, and his whip was nuts. I, I don't know if it was Aston Martin. It was some some kind of um, Mercy Lago. I don't know what it was. Orange, all bright, loud. And then his white colleague, who is supporting what he does, so he makes more money than him, he pulls up in the Prius. And I was like, man, that's it. The white boy is his boss. Got more money than him driving a Prius. And so, you know, and plus his wardrobe was, oh, man, Fendi, Gucci, Louis, Prada. Oh, man, he, oh, his wardrobe was sick. Oh, he was at home. He just wore sweatsuits, velour sweatsuits every single day. And Jordan kicks every day. It was nuts. Man, I'm envious. Never been jealous of anyone on earth. Jealous is a sickness of a hater. Yeah, don't be jealous. But envious? Oh, oh, I wish I was. Man, I got to get. Oh. Yeah, I need a publicist. If there's a publicist out there that want a talented professor that makes people laugh and think at the same time, call me. I'm going to hire you, and we're going to get this money. <laughs> For sure. So, yeah, if you ain't got nothing to do, watch Black AF if you want to laugh. I just started watching on HBO. Just start watching Watchmen which is about the Tulsa race rides. The 99th anniversary of the Tulsa race ride just happened where people in Tulsa, Greenwood, uh, neighborhood, it was essentially bombed, right? So May 31st, 1921, they bombed it for two days, killed every a lot of black people in that area. And, like, I'm surprised nobody knows. I grew up, I learned it. I'm from Oklahoma, so I, I, I learned it. I'm not surprised. But, yeah, if you want to think, watch Watchmen. If you want to laugh hilariously till the stomach hurts, yeah, black AF. <laughs> Yeah, so now, anyway, we get where, where we at? Where we at? Where we at? Oh, okay. We're in a, we're in a, uh, one hour and one minute in. So we finna get into, yeah, this this talking about, right? So the talking about is y'all. It's about y'all. It's about y'all asking me things, right? Y'all ask questions, I give answers. So I had a, I had an interesting question. It was. I won't say who it was. Yeah. So, so, when people, so listen, y'all, it's okay for y'all to say who y'all are. You don't have to hit the DM and be like, don't, don't say it's me on Twitter. I don't want to get in trouble. Here's the question. Um, let me see. Funniest thing you experienced since the hashtag stay at home was a thing. Okay. So I thought about it. I, you know, like I said, I live on Twitter. This is the funniest thing. This is the hashtag that I saw. Pandemic sex tape titles. <laughs> now, listen. Hey, here's the, the, the asterisk. This ain't me. So don't don't hit me saying I'm sick a sicko because I'm not I'm not a sicko. So here's a couple, uh, couple of my favorites. Debbie does absolutely nothing. Hashtag pandemic sex tape titles. Then here's the next one. Laura Croft colon vibe raider. <laughs> pandemic sex tape titles. I like that. I like that. Uh, sexless in the city. Yeah, all we did was cuddle. Pandemic sex tape titles. Uh, ooh. Star Trek, The Next Penetration? Oh. <laughs> Pandemic sex tape titles. <laughs> What's, oh, no, no, hell no, I can't say that. Oh, I can't say that. Either. 
Uh, oh, yeah, I can say this. It's too early because it's pandemic, but four funerals and a wedding. Ouch. Pandemic sex tape titles. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, oh, no, I can't say that. Uh, oh. <laughs> can't say that. Uh, oh, no, I can't say that either. Man, this, this is, hey, it's some people got, oh, no. Oh. Uh, poor. Some sanitizer on me. Yes. Pandemic sex take titles. And uh, the ham shank redemption. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Double quarantined. Mm-hmm. Uh, pandemic sex take titles. Uh, 39 weeks later. Yeah. Pandemic sex tape titles. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, and then the last one is, uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 oh, I can't say that. <laughs> Debbie does disinfectant. Yes, that's it. <laughs> Pandemic sex. Tape titles. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was hella funny. So if you you need something to laugh at, it's some yeah, it, y'all are nasty. It's some nasty people on earth. Y'all man, y'all nasty. <laughs> but that's my talking about. In the DMs. Yeah, so thank you for asking the question. Anyway, so I got a new, new, new artist music section. You dig? And so you know I be I be uh streaming. Cause here's what I want to do. I want to give somebody my money. I do. I really do. I want to give somebody my money. And so I think about music, what it sounds like, who's hot, right? And so I be listening, downloading, because I'm paying. I'm, I'm not a streamer. I'm a downloader. So I download music, right? And so for my first new, new music artist segment, mm, yeah, it's this young cat. Yeah, young cat. I talked to his manager. The other day, because I'm going to call, I need to find out who's who. When this Facade Podcast get back on, on the road, guess what we're going to do? Yeah, we're going on tour. Somebody going with me on tour to do some opening up for the podcast. So if you're an artist, you got some hot joints, send it to me, let me know. So this is uh, Jermaine. Yeah, his name is Jermaine, and uh, the name of his album. Uh, well, actually, it's listed as a mixtape, but I have to listen to it. I think it's just for the ladies. <laughs> Strictly for the ladies. So the name of this called A Proper Introduction. You dig? And uh, here's a clip on the first song. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, I think niggas love to test this. I've mobbed around the grandma's Lexus. I'm a young nigga in a Lexus. How the fuck could I not flex this? I push the pedal to the metal. I drive this shit like it's not precious. I'm trying to pop like some kettle. I pick up shorty, then we get some breakfast. She know the deal. I come to the city, the kitty I kill. I give her that good love, 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 love. Now it's back to the real, back to the fears, back to my work. I hunt for the kill, I hunt for the thrill. Please tell me someone that is realer. Your favorite rapper makes trillers. We making exchanges. Exchanges, no bison tiller. Exchanges like drugs and dealers. Now please tell me who is realer. Now please tell me who's iller. 
I'm the best for my city, nigga. I run this shit, I'm the realest, nigga. The B got a bruise, it came with a hit. She giving good hair like she working at Liz. I came with a fit, your girl wanna flick. I'm looking good, she looking good. My throw with some dick, she sucking like Nick. She coming like Blitz. I got some sauces, dipping like chips. Speaking of chips, I need it with dip. Ten on the feature, I make that shit back. I call that a flip. I want you to know. He calls it a flip. <laughs> Love it, man. That's song number three. Still don't know. Next song, In the Sunshine. I'm under pressure, my shit is as hot as that Las Vegas weather Bouncing off that car leather Even got that shit that make your girl bust back like a Beretta Ha 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 What you know about a nigga like me? I'ma start charging niggas cause this shit is not free I'm taking no L's unless it coming with V's I said I'm taking no L's, W's coming with E's I said I'm taking no L's unless it come with four wheels And I come from up north so I need the snow wheels Who wheels? Beat a nigga like me I can't even count how a nigga might be Better, I think it's blasphemy when they asking me But when they asking me, I think you're asking me my life, my life, my life, my life in the sunshine. Mm. Man, I hope they cleared that sample. That was hot. So this is my favorite song on the album. It's called All This Love featuring Benjamin Reynolds. Yeah. This, so let me tell you something. Even though I said it's a mixtape, it's a playlist for the ladies. If you're a lady and you love hip-hop, yeah, this, this Jermaine is the album for you. Yeah, proper introduction. Here we go. All this love, all this love, all this love, all this love, all this love is for you. Baby, I've always tried to give you what you deserve, but in return, I've gotten hurt. Oh, but I can't lie, wanna try, yeah, please, one more time. Oh, cause you got me in ecstasy. Every time you leave, oh, and I know this love's for you. Maybe I don't wanna choose no, between no. you and me. So why can't we fall in love once more? All this love's for you. Maybe I don't wanna lose you and me. So why can't we fall in love once more? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a song. That was a, a real soaker right there. Love that joint, for sure. So, yeah, that's the new, new music. A proper introduction. Jermaine is the artist. He's from uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah, Utah. He's putting it down, for sure. So follow him on uh, social media. I check him out. He's on Twitter. He's on uh, Insta. So, yeah, yeah, check him out. Check him out. So, we can get up out of here. Man, we condensed a lot. This is uh, the Detangle. Right? And so the detangle, this this one is called um Yeah, no peace, no forgiveness. Like here's the thing. We need peace and we're gonna take it. Like like this is the this is the time where either you, you know, if you are who you say you are, then you should be forcing the liberation and emancipation of black people. If you're not who you say you are, continue being fake. We'll figure you out. We'll figure it out. 
Yeah, we'll we figure it out. We this is this is the show me your ID. Yeah. Are you anti racist or racist? Like you got two choices. So we need we need you to come on with it or get up out the way. Right? And so yeah, I'm just I know I know it ain't the Christian value thing to do. Right? Uh, I am I thought about it. So I was like, the colonizer is always gonna tell you, don't be a victim. Which is saying, I can do whatever I want to do to you. And if you claim you're a victim, you're weak for doing that because you should never be a victim. And they tell you take the high road. Same message. We're going to kill you. We're going to rape you. We're going to steal your lands. We're going to erase your religion, your identity, right? We're going to do all that. And you need to take the high road. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works, right? It was just totally nuts. That's how it works. And so, yeah. No peace. It's not going to be no peace. Right. So you can't give forgiveness unless we get some peace. And so it's time. So, I, I, again, I'm praying for everybody that's out there on these streets in the struggle in this protest, uh, doing your thing. God bless you. God carry you. God keep you. Right. And so we're going to let we're going to let the Jermaine was so good to me. I'm going to let him take us out of here. <laughs> yeah. We're going to use his outro for our outro. Right. And of course, you know, this is a. Uh, Facade Podcast, we back on deck, right? Produced by me, original theme music. Yeah, we, we didn't have none. Not the, <laughs> that that uh, that was uh, Donnie Hathaway at the beginning. Yeah, and uh, the baby. Yeah, doing their thing. So editing by me. If you enjoyed the Facade Podcast, spread the word. Tell everybody that you know. Yeah, protesters, y'all need a break. Listen to the Facade Podcast. So Facade Podcast playlist is on Spotify right now. Music is curated by DJ Chuck Diesel every single Monday, right? So be sure to introduce yourself on Facade Podcast on Twitter, Facade Pod on IG. <laughs> Thank y'all. Talk to you next week. One. Yeah. Look. Uh. 2020 been a hard year, yeah, but it's still gonna be all year. Believe it, matter of fact, it's my Jordan year. Getting buckets to my golden years, and what you know about it? Not a bachelor, I just got my bachelor's. Married to the hustle, yeah, I had to master it. Until rich to the beats in the casket. Until rich, I need beats in my basket. Then check out, and just know that glow's to the best out. I said, a proud, with my chest out. Hit a lunch and had to put a tail in the vest out. But y'all niggas, y'all niggas. dressed down. Had to drop calculus, knowing I could test out. School talk, niggas want the heat talk. Me, I let that beat rock. Nigga, nigga, this ain't cheap talk. Free game to my niggas in them deep pots. Deep Free pot. game to my niggas in they deep thoughts. Deep Free thoughts. me, I've been stuck like a door lock. You thought, mm. dot. Niggas talk too much, never walk that much. Swear these niggas let her front too much. And what you know about it? Salt Lake, yeah, I rep my city. Fuck these niggas know about us.